Here we are, church. Palm Sunday. It is it's another glorious day, man. Um, turn with me, if you would, in your, in your Bibles. Open up to Matthew chapter 21. And so, again, we have, uh, you know, this is something that, you know, I don't, I don't know if we've ever done this before or not. Um, but we have all of these, these palms that are scattered. And it's the idea of this is so that, again, you guys can get a representation of, of just what Palm Sunday is like, what it's supposed to be like. Um, again, we're going to be looking there in, in Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. And, and we're going to be talking all about exactly what this passage here should mean to us as Christians. And, you know, it's, it's again, this is that important holy week that we have. It's, this is such an important time for us as Christians. And you each have, at least hopefully you have, does everybody have one of these? If you don't, raise your hand and we'll bring you one. Because today is going to be not only Holy Week, today is not only Palm Sunday, but it's Interactive Sunday. I know you all are excited, but that's all, you know, just, you're just going to have to roll with me on this. I think sometimes the best way for us to really get in the presence of the Lord is for us to be present with the Lord. Amen? If you're not present with the Lord, how can you be in his presence? can't. You have to be with him. You have to be in him. You have to, you have to exist in him. And so that's what we're going to make an attempt to do today. I was uh, preparing something completely and totally different. Sierra can tell you about this. Yesterday morning, we were looking at some things, and I said, Hey, Sierra, we've got to do something different tomorrow. And she was like, Really? Because we had already had everything pretty much planned out. It was ready to go. And she said, I guess we need new songs and everything, too. I said, yeah, yeah, we're going new, 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 to need new songs. And yesterday, I went out, and I found these the last second. Try and find these the day before Easter. I, I dare any one of you. But God made it happen. And here we are today with something that, that I didn't even think we were going to be coming to. And that is exactly how God works. And we, like I said, I was, I was planning on taking us a, a little bit of a different direction here, but but here we go. So hold on tight. We're going to see what and where and how he goes today. And we are going to follow in his footsteps because today is for him and not for us. It's exactly how it's supposed to be. So that being said, we're going to look at chapter 21, Matthew 21. We're going to look at these first 11 verses. So read those along with me if you would. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to um, Bethphage, if you weren't sure how to say that, that's how you say that, Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, and then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey and a colt with her. Untie them. Bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went, did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, put them on their, uh, and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him 
and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowds said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Now, as I said, we have all these palms that are laid out here. Hopefully it helps you to, to get a little bit of a, a vision of what it was like as we read through these verses here. And it says that these people took off their cloaks and they laid them on the road. They, they took palm branches, it says, which in John, the book of John chapter 12, it says that they were actually palm branches. So it's the reason that it is, it is palms that we use. And they laid those on the road because they were, they were excited about Jesus coming. And they had a very particular, a very specific idea in mind. Again, this is Holy Week. This is, this is a time when these people were, were supposed to be coming to a realization about some things. And, and it should be, again, it should be an important time for us in our Christian lives. This is leading up to us celebrating Easter when Jesus rose from the dead. That's what this is all about. It's what everything that we do is about. It's about Jesus, about what he has done, about what he has done for us. It's always going to be about Jesus. And so for the Jews, they see Jesus. He's coming in. He's riding in on this colt. It says the foal of a donkey. You see, that was enough to get them excited for what they were expecting. But do you think they had a right expectation the answer to that is no they didn't have a right expectation and it got me to thinking about us about here we are 2022 do we have a right expectation of jesus it's a tough question because to answer it you got to be truthful nobody likes to think that you're sitting on the wrong side of truth but the truth is oftentimes we have a wrong expectation, expectation of Jesus, don't we? We think a lot of times, well, it's okay if I do this or that. It's okay. He'll let that slide. But is that how that works? Or is sin a sin? See, in the book that I read, the book that I believe, the book that I trust, it's called the Bible. It says that all sin is wrong. Period. Doesn't matter how small or how large. We don't get to assign value to our sin, and we certainly don't get to judge it on our own, do we? Jesus is the one who's going to make that choice. We are under his authority, period. Anything and everything that we do is under the microscope. And guess what? We've talked about this before. He already knows. So we can't hide it from him. Anything that we do, it, we are doing in his midst. He knows already, doesn't he? And so and our expectation many times as Christians is, well, you know what? I'm good most of the time. Well, I'm good most of the time. Don't laugh so hard. She's over there cracking up. She's like, no, you're not. We can all be as good as we want to be. 
But are we good? Are any of us really good? No. We're not. By nature, we want to reject Jesus. By nature, we wanted him on the cross. That's the simple truth of it. And guess what? We got our way, didn't we? But it wasn't. It wasn't for the reasons that we thought. See, Jesus, there was already this plan. It was already planned out. He was like, I already know that you're going to turn on me. I already know that you're going to reject me. I already know that you're not going to put your faith and your hope and your trust in me. I already know that you're going to turn me over and I already know that you're going to put me on that cross. And he goes, and I go willingly because I'm doing it for you. He says, I am doing this for you so that you can have forgiveness that you can't attain on your own. Without me, you can't be forgiven and you go to hell. And Jesus willingly allowed himself to be nailed to a cross and died a sinner's death when he didn't rightfully deserve it. And praise God that he did because without him, without his hope, we were doomed. But we have hope and we have salvation that can be found only through Jesus Christ, only through the actions that he took as being that sacrificial lamb, that perfect sacrificial lamb that we had to have. Again, because we couldn't do it on our own, no matter how good we are. We can't. We can't achieve anything good on our own unless he's in the midst of it. And so for the Jews, this, this unrealistic expectation of why Jesus was coming then happened. You see, Jesus already knew what needed to occur. And so the plan was laid out. The plan was set, wasn't it? I mean, look at, look at what happens here. He sends two of his disciples. He says to them, he says, go into the village in front of you. Immediately, he says, you're going to walk in and it's just going to be right in your face. You're not going to miss it. You're, immediately, he says, you're going to go and you're going to find a donkey. It's going to be tied up and there's going to be a colt, a, a baby. It's going to be a mom and a, mom and a baby donkey. Some of you may know stories about me with donkeys, but we're not talking about that today. Um, ask me after service if you want to know. Um, and, but, but he's going to go find donkeys that he's actually going to use. And, and so he finds this donkey that's tied up. He finds this colt that's with her. And he says, go and untie them. Bring them to me. And then he says, if anybody says anything to you, here's what you're going to say. The Lord needs them. Do you hear those words? Has Jesus really spoken like this up to this point? He just very openly said, the Lord needs them. Those donkeys aren't for somebody that ain't showing up. Those, don those donkeys aren't for somebody who's going to be riding on the back that can't be seen. Those donkeys are for him. He's going to be riding on those. And he said, tell them if they ask any questions at all that the Lord needs them. He just made a very plain, bold statement. And there's a lot of people who were going to be right there with him. And there's a lot of people that are like, you're not okay. You're going to, he's going to meet a whole group of people. They're going to be for him and people who are going to be against him. I've always been told 
that no matter what I do throughout my ministry, I'm going to make every single person happy. Every last one of you. Every person in this room, you're all going to be happy. Some of you when I walk in the door, some of you when I walk out. That's what I've always been told. That's the way that ministry works. Because some people don't like to hear the truth of the gospel. And so they are excited when you leave because they're like, that man is just crazy. He's preaching all kinds of stuff. And other people say, say, well, I think it's great. It's right. It's what the Bible says. It's what he's supposed to be saying. But then the other people say, no, he's not tickling my ears. I just want to hear about this. Jesus, who just simply loves you. He wants you to have cars. He wants you to have houses. He wants you to have money galore. He wants you to have all of these things, and he wants you to have it now. He doesn't want you to wait until you get into the kingdom of heaven where there's roads paved with gold. He wants you to be here right now experiencing all of this goodness and this greatness, and he wants it to, all you have to do is pray for it. As a matter of fact, send me a check, and I'll send you my book. And you read it, and you do what it says, and then you'll be blessed. Turn that channel off, will you? No Joel Osteen's up in here today. None. You ain't getting it from me. You'll never get it from me. If what this book says isn't what's coming out of my mouth, I expect for somebody to come up here and drag me off of this altar. Because that's what should happen. You've got to speak truth about who Jesus is and the reason that he came and what his purpose was. His purpose isn't so that you can live your best life now. It is so that you can have an experience, an eternal life with him in heaven. Period so that you can be forgiven your sin and that you can find salvation found in no one else. It's so that when you find yourself committing sin and you have professed faith in Him, that you feel bad and guilty about sinning against Him. And in the process of all that, He's going to show up in a mighty way. And for the Jews, they're excited. They're like, here comes this Jesus guy. we got to get ready. His disciples just went to go get this colt. Here comes the donkey. We're going to... Put your jackets on there. We don't, we don't want him actually touching the animal. We don't want him getting dirty. Put that on there. He's, he's a king. We can't have him just marching through on the dirt roads. Throw your cloaks in the road. Put down some palm branches so that he's not traveling on dirt. He's a king. He's to be exalted. So that's what they did. They put down their coats. Do you, do you, these people weren't filthy rich these people weren't loaded with money and they were taking their own cloaks their own clothes so that a donkey could walk on them that is sacrifice that is saying i want to honor the one who is to be my king doesn't it but they still had this wrong idea didn't they see they thought Jesus was going to come in and he was going to create this big uproar. He was going to come in and he was going to conquer and do all sorts of things. Timmy, put up that first slide if you would. Oh, skip that one. <laughs> We're going to come back to that one though. See, the Jews wanted, go ahead and bring, bring the, there should be three, I think. There we go. The Jews wanted a great war. That's what they wanted. They wanted Jesus to come in, and they wanted him to war with the Romans. They wanted him to come in and have this great battle where he would fight against the authorities and that he would take them down one by one 
by one. And that he would conquer the evil of the world. That's what they wanted. They wanted him to come in and they were so excited. They were just ecstatic. Like they, they, we finally have this king who we've been told about. This king who's going to come. They, they, they knew what Zechariah chapter 9 had said, which is that, that section in the, in the scripture that we had read. It says, you know, uh, he, he was foretelling this event of them riding on a colt. It says, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, humble, mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. See, back then, people read and understood, and, and, and well, I won't say understood. They read and memorized scripture. And so, so when, when they saw Jesus coming, they connected these dots. They said, wait a second. He's been doing all sorts of miracles. He's been doing amazing things. He's riding in on a donkey. That's just like Zechariah, what the prophet said. Ding, 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 ding. Light bulbs are going off. They're making all of these connections. Things are happening like their minds are racing and they are so excited because in their minds they're going, this is it. Here it comes. Jesus is going to come in. He's going to put the smack down on Rome. This is going to be it. It's going to be good. And we've got front row seats to watch this thing unfold. Except that that's not what happened, is it? It's not at all what happened. We'll learn more about that next week. But Jesus came in with a completely, completely different idea. So show the next one there to me if you would. Jesus did go to war, didn't he? He did. He fought a great battle. But it was in hell. And he did defeat. And he did defeat death. Period. He has a victory over death, doesn't he? So Jesus came and he did what he was supposed to do, just not the way they thought he was going to do it. So as they are preparing for all of this, they are excited. Just beyond themselves. The king is coming. Can you feel it? There's something in the air. Are y'all ready? Get out your palm prime. And I need you to stand up. <clears throat> so Timmy, put that first slide back up for me. You see what this says? This is what the people cried out. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take this thing off. So that you guys can holler out. I'm going to delete this because I don't want to blow everybody's ears off. But we're going to holler this. But here's the thing. I don't want you to just be like, like just do me a favor. Don't do this. Don't say, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he. Okay? But that's not how they did it. That's not how they did it. You know it. They were excited and they were lifting their voices up to the Lord and they were waving these things. So pack this for me. Put this thing in the air. Because this is what they were doing. What? This is the visual so that you can see. Now, read it loud and proud. That's what I used to tell the people up here. Sing it loud and proud. Well, you got to say this loud and proud. Do it with me. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Right? Oh, God. 
amazing? Did you hear how loud you were? Imagine, you can have feet. Imagine, imagine just for a second that, that you were thousands of people. Back on, don't I? Maybe I don't. I was pretty loud. You heard how loud you were. And, and we're a small group. We're this small country church, a small rural church. And we were lifting up our voices loud and yelling it, right? And that's what these people were doing. That's what... Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Like they're shouting this thing out. They're so excited. And then in less than a week, what happened? They went from yelling that to crucify him. Crucify him. He's a blasphemer. That's what they did. They turned so fast. It's an insane amount of time. Less than a week. In less than a week. On Friday, Good Friday, that's the timeline. Today is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, Jesus will be arrested. Well, after midnight, he'll be arrested. Saturday morning. Do you, do, you, do you get that we were just praising him? We were just lifting up his name on high. We were proclaiming him. Blessed is he. And then we turn around and we yell, crucify? Who are we? Who are we as a people? That's what Jesus was facing. You see, leading up to this point, Jesus had performed a ton of different and amazing miracles. I'm going I'm to go through just a few. There was more than this. Because Scripture tells us that if we were to have recorded everything that Jesus had ever done, we wouldn't even have trees enough to make paper to write it all down. That's what it says. He did so many miraculous things that we couldn't even possibly record it if we even tried. And yet we are left with these historical records. And, and they are historical. There's some people that will tell you, this, is not, this isn't true. This was just written down by a guy. No, we have witnesses to these things. Jesus healed a leper. He healed multiple paralyzed men. He calmed storms. He raised a little girl from the dead. He healed blind men. Mute. Uh, he healed the mute. He healed a man that had a withered hand. He fed more than 5,000 people with just simply five loaves and two fishes. We just got done covering that not too long ago. He walked on water. How many of you know how many people can walk on water? I don't know any. He healed so, so many people. He removed a demon from a little girl. He fed, again, more than, than 4,000 people, this time with seven loaves and just a few small fish. So he did it again. He was like, if the first time wasn't impressive enough, here, I'll do it again. Like, he just, he just pulls it right out. He healed a boy that had a demon. He cast demons out of someone and put them into pigs. He cursed and withered a fig tree with his words only. And then he raised Lazarus from the dead. He raised Lazarus from the dead. <clears throat> but you see, this isn't the things that mattered to the Jews. It's not what mattered to the Jews. Put that one slide back up again, Timmy, the one that says the Jews wanted, wanted a war. Right? This is what the Jews wanted. 
They wanted a war. They wanted a great battle. They wanted him to conquer evil, didn't they? Jesus came and he did all of these things. All of these miraculous things that I just got done talking about. He did them all. Mostly in the presence of tons and tons of people. There were witnesses. But that wasn't what mattered to the Jews. This is what they wanted. And so as he came riding in on that donkey, and as the people were cheering him on, that's what they had in mind. That is what they wanted. Everything else didn't matter. That was just stuff he did, right? Just stuff that I mean, nobody else could possibly do, but I mean, yeah, sure he did all those things. But what did Jesus really do? So put that one back up, uh, Timmy. Jesus went to war. He fought the battle in hell. And he conquered evil, didn't he? He defeated death. Do the next one, Timmy. Because here's what he did. There should have been one more in there somewhere. Maybe it didn't show up. What he did was he conquered evil and he defeated Satan. There might be one that says that. You might get to see it up there. He defeated Satan. There it is. Look at that. We got stuff that works after all. <clears throat> he conquered evil. And he defeated Satan. The one who just simply sets out to lie, kill, and steal, doesn't he? Lie, kill, destroy. Lie, kill, and destroy. I, I just messed it up. You know what I'm trying to say. Steal, kill, and destroy. He's a liar. He's all those things. He's terrible. Jesus came along and he was like, I'm taking you down. And he defeated Satan. Satan has no hold on your life if you, or if you have Jesus living in you. You can, in the name of Jesus Christ, tell him to go away. He is under the authority of the Son of God. When Jesus approached demons in the Bible, we get to see that as soon as he approached, he never even spoke yet. They would look at him and say, what do you want with us? He'd say, you're out of here. And they'd have to go. They had to do what he said. They were under his authority. So where we are today, we know that the people have this un, unreal expectation about Jesus. We know that they waved these palms. We know that they blessed and honored him as he rode in on that donkey, don't we? We know all of those things, and yet, again, in less than a week's time, he's going to die on a cross. when he died on that cross it was to prove that he was the true one son of God. Amen? That's who he was. And he sacrificed himself for every single one of us. We should absolutely today be excited. We should absolutely today honor the Lord. We should absolutely today do just like they did then. We should be praising him. But we shouldn't wait until Palm Sunday to do it, should we? We should be praising Him every single day. We should be doing our best to live in accordance with, with His ways, with His rules, with His laws. Not our own. We should every single day fall to our knees and give Him thanks and praise. Every day we should be repenting of our sins 
Every day we should be giving ourselves to Him. Every day. Not just on Palm Sunday. We shouldn't be celebrating Him just on Easter. We shouldn't even just celebrate Him only on Christmas. Celebrate Him every day because He died for you. And if you believe that, then He means something more to you. He means so much more to you. And if you believe it, that means He's living in you. Again, we got to experience His Holy Spirit moving last week. And He's here today again. He's always present with us. He doesn't leave us, right? We believe that. And if you know Him, you know Him by many names. If you know Him, you know Him by many attributes. And so we call out to Him. And we say things like, Emmanuel, our great high priest, the bread of life, the bridegroom, the chief cornerstone, the good shepherd, our deliverer, our judge, our mediator, the light of the world, our Messiah, our Savior, the way and the truth and the life. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the Lord of Lords. And He is the King of Kings. He's our wonderful Counselor. He's our mighty God. He's our everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Because that's what He is. And He is Jesus, the name that is above all names. That's who Jesus is. And He can be that for you. And if you don't know Him, make it today a priority. Surrender to Him. It sounds like, like you've got to give up everything. But does it look like I've given up everything? I haven't. I just have to do things in a way that would, that would honor Him. I've got to turn away from the things that would dishonor Him. And truthfully, you live a life that is more satis- has more satisfaction in it than without Him. You will find more satisfaction in Jesus Christ than you will ever find in this world. And I know that that sounds crazy because this world throws all kinds of things at us. Satan does that. He wants us to succumb to the things of this world. He wants us to bow down to the things of this world, but I only bow down to one, and that is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the only one worthy to be praised and to be honored. That's it. So the question becomes, today, on a day like Palm Sunday, on a day where we are supposed to be lifting Him high, as we are supposed to be proclaiming Him as the King of kings in a right and a true expected way, as the one who's coming on our behalf for the forgiveness of our sin, are you willing to take that step today? To say, I believe. I trust. I need Jesus in my life. I'm willing to take a step in faith. You see, it's, it's probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And yet it's so simple. Because Jesus says, come to me. And and when he says that, it's unconditional. When Jesus says, come to me, he doesn't say, come to me only if. He doesn't say, come to me only if you're without sin. Come to me only if you never have bad thoughts. Come to me only if you've never said a bad word. Come to me if you've never looked at a woman with lust in in your heart. Come to me only if you're not in financial trouble. Come to me only if you've never been divorced. 
Come to me only if you've had children. Come to me only if you can have children. Come to me if you've never lost a loved one in your life. Come to me only if, and then you fill in your own blank because Satan says you can't come to him if you fill in the blank. Jesus says, I have no blanks. You're all accepted. I want and desire all of you. Come to me, period. He desires you. He wants you. He loves you. And he did so, so much that he died on a cross for you. Died. And when that robber who was hanging next to him one day, when he was there on the cross and that robber said, I deserve this, but you don't. I'm paraphrasing. And he says, remember me when you go into your kingdom. And Jesus looked at him without hesitation. And he said, you'll be with me. Didn't he? He said, you will be with me. He didn't say, well, you'll be with me if. It was too late for that guy, wasn't it? He was nailed to a cross for crying out loud. He had nowhere to go. He was stuck. There wasn't anything that he could do, is there? Think about that for a second. He was nailed to a cross and he asked Jesus, please, basically what he was saying was, forgive me for failing you. I want to be with you. That's all I can do is ask. And Jesus said, you will be with me in heaven. There wasn't anything that that guy could do in that particular moment. He couldn't use his arms. He couldn't use his legs. They had nails through them on a cross. And Jesus met him exactly where he was. And he will meet you today. He will meet you exactly where you are. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you right now. I desire you in my life. It's a very simple thing that happens. All you have to do is say, I trust you with my life. That's all you have to do. We like to make it so hard and so difficult. Jesus says, come as you are. So that's what we're going to pray for today. That's what we're going to pray for today. We're going to pray that we'll know Jesus, the name above all names, is our Lord and Savior from this day forth. And if you haven't known him, if you don't know him yet, I urge you to make that happen today. If you're not sure how, come talk to me. I'll walk you through it. I will talk to you. Well, I will do whatever it takes my commitment to you no judgments only help only love only only prayer and walking alongside you so let's pray together let's ask for the lord to move today father god we come before you we give you thanks and praise we ask that you would you would continue to show yourself lord we ask that you would make yourself known God, I lift up right now anyone today who doesn't know you, who hasn't professed faith in you, who hasn't, who hasn't said, Jesus, I need you in my life, that I want to take that step, that I want to trust you. God, I pray that you would put that on them today and not let another second go by. Don't let another second go by where we are separated from you, Jesus, because we need you. Instead, Lord, I want us to be a people who are rightly proclaiming you as the King of kings, as our Lord of lords, as the one who is, who is riding on that donkey, coming into town to set things right. And you did so. You proved yourself. You stood up where no one else could. 
You sacrificed everything. You sacrificed yourself on that cross and you did so lovingly. You just simply said, come. Believe in me. Trust in me. I desire nothing more. And he's been waiting. You've been waiting. God, you've been waiting for us. We thank you for your patience. Thank you. But Lord, you do what only you can. So help us to submit to you today, God. Give us the courage. Give us the strength. Give us the wisdom. Give us everything we need today to follow you, to proclaim you, so that we can find satisfaction, true satisfaction in you. Blessed be the name. Let us hold you in the highest. And let us yell at the top of our lungs, Hosanna. Hosanna means save, save us. Believing that you can and that you have and that you have won the victory over death and that one day we can be with you forever. Eternity. To belong. To be loved. To not be forgotten. To not be forsaken. To not be left in the cold or in the sufferings of hell. But instead to be with you. Our Lord. Our Savior. We give you thanks and praise today. We'd ask it all in the strong name of Jesus our Savior. Amen.